here. Oh, that didn't. Not just boat captain. Island in the blue. Isle. I don't. for joining us. We are so happy to be back together again, worshiping virtually from your living rooms, from your kitchens, from wherever you are today. Thank you for, for making this time to join with us live, even if we can't all be together. I hope you guys are enjoying those quarantine life videos as much as I am. Those are the moments in our lives that we can't really capture here together in the sanctuary, but I really feel like it just brings us together. I love laughing and looking at those. So if you have not had a chance to send one in yet, and I'm realizing I haven't sent one in yet, you still have time. We want to continue um, celebrating those moments with you and just enjoying being together. Well, we are hopefully in maybe the final countdown of services that look like this, where we come in and our sanctuary is mostly empty. We are still looking at a target date of June 14th. June 14th, so circle that on your calendar. I wanna say in pen, but maybe in pencil for now, because things, obviously, they change so quickly, but that is the date that we are hoping for to be able to gather together physically again here in our building. You're going to get lots more information on what that's going to look like coming to you soon. So let's go ahead and pray together as Amy and our worship team comes up to lead us in worship. Heavenly Father, God, we are so thankful for today. We're thankful for the sunshine. We're thankful for this um, bringing in of just a new season, Lord. Um, I pray that as we spend this next time together, Lord, that we would just Open our hearts to feel you, to feel you so strongly in this moment. Lord, teach us something new. Let us hear more clearly from you. Lord, I thank you for the graduations that happened yesterday and those celebrations, those moments in our church um, family, Lord, where new things are happening. And God, we know that you are a, a God of, of, of new things and that you are going to bring new things coming to pass in the life of our church. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, church. I uh, am so excited because if you'll look this way, we have a new addition to our live stream. Leanne, everybody's rejoicing. <laughs> and I personally am just really excited because these guys graduated yesterday. Let's give them a round of applause. I can't hear. Oh, yes. Oh, you guys. We're so proud of all of our grads. We're going to hopefully celebrate them later in the summer. But I'm just really excited from a, a selfish standpoint that I get these guys for the summer and that we're hopefully going to be back and uh, able to play again. Um, I was also thinking this morning how I said, I usually say, go ahead and stand with us. And then I got to thinking, I wonder if y'all are standing at home. I don't know, but I wanna encourage you because I think that um, there's the temptation to maybe as you're watching this at home, to kind of slide into that um, just kind of watching 
phase instead of participating. And our goal here has always been that as a congregation, we are participating in all of this together. This is by no means a we're on stage performing this for you. And so I just want to encourage you, like if you haven't thought about that these last couple of months, maybe go ahead and stand up or uh, kneel or pull out your journal and let this be an interactive um, time that you are participating in this whole service. So uh, we're going to start singing now.
songs talking about the goodness of God and the love of God. Um, this is by no means to discount difficult times. As we sang in the last song, through the difficult times, we choose to worship God. Through the difficult times, we choose to believe in the faithfulness of his goodness and the constant love that he shows us. And so um, I just want to encourage you as you're as we're singing this, maybe, maybe find a piece of paper. 
Um, and as things come to mind of, of the times that God has been faithful in your life, write that down. It's so important for us to go back and be able to see in our lives the faithfulness of God and his goodness and his love.
with your peace and your love. God, may we, even as we're sitting at home, in our living rooms or in our car, wherever um, we are participating in this service, God, I just pray that your love and your peace and your grace, goodness, would just wash over us, that we would sense, um, sense you in a very real way this morning. And God, as we just continue through this service, I pray that you would be with Pastor Josh and Pastor Paul as they come bring the word to us that you have laid on their heart. May our hearts and our minds continue to be open to you and how you want to move in our hearts and our lives. We just love you, Lord, and uh, we want our lives to show that. Amen. Well, uh, this is Memorial Day weekend. And if there's one thing that I love about Memorial Day weekend, it's, uh, it's cookouts, right? Like, I love food. I love grilled food. I love burgers, and when I eat burgers, I need a pickle. Have you ever had one of those pickle jars where you're trying to open? I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I did it. I got the pickles open. All right, let's be honest. That's a little bit cheesy, right? Or, or a little bit pickly, if you will. Uh, that was a good one. Uh, <laughs> I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13, one of the most common, i got to put these pickles down before I take a pickle juice bath. There we go. Uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's a verse that we all know, we've all heard, we've all probably pulled it out of context a little bit before. When we're struggling to open up a jar of pickles, maybe that, that thought comes to mind. Maybe it's something more serious like, uh, like an athlete who is really striving to be their best and we said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But can I just be honest with you for just a, just a minute this morning? When we use that verse in those contexts, I think that we're missing out on so much of what Paul wants us to get from that passage. Because the truth is, if we look back, if we look a little bit before those verses, what we see is that Paul is actually saying, he's kind of giving some descriptions about his life, uh, that he's been, he knows what it's like to have plenty. He knows what it's like to be in good standing, to have everything that he needs, but he also knows what it's like to be not have enough, to be in want, as he says. And what Paul says after that is that in no matter what situation, no matter what it looks like, whether I've been in plenty or I've been in want, I have learned to be content. Well, how does he learn to be content? It's through Christ who strengthens me. The truth is, is that uh, in wherever we're at today, we may be on, any, on either end of that spectrum of, of being in plenty and being in want, being in uncertain times or being in a time of certainty. Uh, maybe things haven't gone the way you wanted them to lately, uh, and maybe they have. What does it look like for us to be content, to live through Christ? Pastor Paul is going to talk in just a minute about peace and, and being at peace in our lives. I think that the way that we do that is through Christ. So the next time you hear Philippians 4.13, don't just think of how can I open up this pickle jar so that I can get to these delicious garlicky dill pickles. But what would it look like that no matter what your circumstance, no matter where you're at in life, whether things are good or things are bad, what would it look like for through the strength of Christ, you can be at peace, and you can be content. Thank you, Pastor Josh, and thank you for leaving the pickles up here. You, you didn't leave them up here? Okay, they're back there, and the staff is now eating pickles. 
Uh, we're having a communion pickle service, and it's uh, good to see you all again. Good to be in, in God's house and, and speaking and worshiping together. It is good to see Leanne and Joseph, a couple of our graduates, and so proud of them. It's graduation Sunday. It was a little bit of a different graduation. It's good to see Brian Nurick. Wave at him, Brian. Yeah, he's waving at him back in the sound room. Welcome this week with us, and Charlie and Stephanie's with us, and we got building our team as we, we move towards uh, reopening, uh, re, uh, re-being in the sanctuary. I don't think we've ever really been closed, uh, but we've continued to worship together. Of course, COVID-19 has, has forced all of us to to look at backup plans. And here it is, Memorial Day Sunday. Typically, we would have had everybody in and, and celebrated those who had uh, passed on and celebrated those who've served our, our country uh, to the ultimate end. And, and, and we're gathering in a different way. The, the, the celebrations that you typically see on Memorial Day and in, in, in cemeteries and in different places aren't occurring. Perhaps you have family um, get-togethers that you're not going to be doing this year. So COVID-19's affected things. It's affected our gatherings. Uh, the, the, the boys were in town with uh, their, their wives for, for Spencer's graduation, which was different than any other graduation I've ever been to in my entire life. And, and, and we were planning on going to Disney World this summer. And so we were talking about backup plans, plan B, if you will, uh, they didn't like my plan of just doing a staycation, coming to the house and staying. Uh, so we're still looking. It's, it's, a, it's a time of backup plans. And even as we're doing church and as we're thinking about these things, we're, we're looking at backup plans and ways to do things differently. Backup plans are the reality of life. Uh, you know, as I, as I think of our graduates, and typically Josh preaches on graduation Sunday, and so I don't typically get to say a whole lot to our graduates on, on that day. Uh, but, but I would say this, that this is a good lesson for those who are graduating from high school and college and moving on, uh, that life is full of unforeseen circumstances. And you, you'll notice in your, in your yards, you'll have trees that bend <laughs> and you have trees that don't bend. Uh, the trees that survive the storms are the trees that are able to bend. And so I'd encourage you graduates to be willing to bend. One of the lessons I've learned in my life is that we cannot control circumstances. And we need to be able to react and bend to the circumstances of life. Backup plans are the reality of life. Uh, you, you, you want to go to a restaurant and the restaurant's filled <laughs> And so you end up at another restaurant. Schools, uh, you, you want to go to a certain school and that doesn't work out like you would like. And jobs and cars and, and, and some of these backup plans end up being for the better. As I've watched COVID-19 and even now restaurants are, are open this weekend, but I've still noticed there's a lot of people just hanging out in their garages and their front yards and their backyards. And I believe people are valuing relationships more now uh, than ever. And it is a very, very positive thing. Uh, we, we've talked about through this series, Go, uh, backup plans for the church. Uh, you know, we, we didn't plan this. And to a certain extent, we've been scrambling to, to get an online presence that is um, viable and good. And I really appreciate Josh and, and all those who have worked so hard to do this uh, because I'll, I'll just be honest, Josh was completely clueless. And, and, <laughs> no, he wasn't. But, but, it, but this, is a, this is a big endeavor. Uh, to, to get these online and get the sound right 
and get the picture right. And I really appreciate all that Josh and all his team has done to, to get us going online. But, but we've learned throughout this, and this is something I've said often, that church is not a building or a time, but a people pursuing the mission of God. And so even though we can't gather in this place at this time, we can still pursue the mission of God together. In a deeper and more personal way, um, it, it just doesn't affect the church, uh, but the reality, reality of life that is that circumstances uh, often, I, I think it's probably better to say, circumstances always uh, force plan B. We, we lose a job, uh, a deal falls through, uh, we experience sickness, uh, there's a death, uh, there's divorce, or a break of relationship, a friendship fails. And, and the reality is most of us feel like we're living in plan B. And the truth is most of us don't feel like we're living in plan B, but we feel like we're planning in, living in plan triple Z. Unforeseen circumstances often affect our life more than our planning. And as I sit up here and, and speak, I, I realize that I am, uh, I am here as a result of unforeseen circumstances. My, my grandfather passed away in his late 40s unexpectedly, and my grandmother had to take in borders uh, to support herself. And one of the borders that she took in was my dad, who met my mom by boarding at my grandmother's because she had to take in borders. And, and so circumstances, unforeseen circumstances, have a huge effect on all of our lives. Some handle it well, some, some go with the flow, and some are always looking back with regrets. Philippians 4, which Josh alludes to, gives us insight on how to live in plan triple Z. How do we pursue God's mission? How do we live our lives when things go contrary to our plans. In Philippians, Paul had started this church, the Apostle Paul, and this is a prison letter. In other words, we find Paul the missionary, Paul who was always on the go, Paul who always had another town to go to, is locked down in Rome. And it's from this circumstance, and I think it's important that we understand this circumstance, that Paul writes this letter. Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I would say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, 
whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Paul had learned to be content. He had learned the secret, the mystery of being content. Paul had learned to be content in the midst of unforeseen and unfavorable circumstances. Now, now the truth is, when I read through this passage, that is attention-catching to me. Contentment is rare in our world. In our day, people are rarely content. We're constantly looking for the right relationship, the right job, the right education, the right house, the right car, the right clothes. I appreciated what Josh said, that, that when we're able to do what we want, we're content. But Paul's talking about a contentment that's not based on clothes or education or cars or jobs or relationships or doing what we want. Paul's writing like a Stoic, but Paul is not a Stoic. <laughs> Stoics dealt with this ideal of the secret to contentment. And Stoics had a strange way of finding contentment. Stoics found contentment in not caring. Uh, they were radical. They would say, you start with losing a cup and you don't care. And you move from losing a cup to greater and greater things and you don't care about that. Eventually to the point where you could lose a spouse or a child or a parent or a sibling. And when you don't care about those things either, you've arrived. I don't think I want to live like that. Paul also talks about possessions. Well, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret, the mystery of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. In other words, Paul's saying, I have learned that contentment is not based on my circumstances. But, but Paul is not saying that contentment is found in not caring, which the Stoics said. Paul's not saying that, that contentment is found in possessions, which our world tends to say. But Paul is saying contentment is found in focusing on better things. There is a power of focus. There is a power of thinking. I can choose, I can learn to be content in my circumstances. It's not by not caring. It's not by gaining better possessions. But it's found in learning to think differently. Our circumstances do not have to determine our level of contentment. We can learn to be content regardless of circumstances. Uh, contentment, and I think this is important to note, contentment does not mean the absence of sorrow and pain. As a matter of fact, this would be the Stoic way. Uh, contentment means in my sorrow and pain, I will choose something better. And so as I'm speaking, I realize that there's many of you, particularly as we've, we've just went through a Memorial Day role, that you've lost people that are dear to you. To, to be content is, is not to say I don't care anymore, but to be content, as Paul describes it, is to say I will choose 
to learn and focus and do something different. I, I find in this passage three things that Paul gives us, and, and, and these are very simple things. The first thing is this, lean into God. Paul says, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In other words, Paul's saying, what, what I've learned and what you need to learn from me is that, that I am leaning into God in every way that I can. You say, well, pastor, how do I lean into God? Well, you lean into God through prayer. We have individual prayer times. We have Zoom prayer meetings. Uh, we, we have Zoom prayer Bible studies. Right now, we'll, we'll give you space to pray. I, I would encourage you to find time in the Word. We, we will never learn to be content outside time and presence in God's Word. I, I like Christian music, and, and I'll listen to Christian music sometimes to lean into God. Just this past week, my brother sent me a, a, a clip of his son playing in a worship service, and they were singing this song, and then later in the week, Dylan contacted me and said, hey, have you listened to this song? And it was a new elevation song, and the and the phrase in the song is, this is the sound of dry bones rattling. <laughs> you know, I listened to that song over and over and just thought of the fact that my God can cause dry bones to rattle. And it caused me to lean into him. Part of the song says, my God is able to save and deliver and heal and restore anything that he wants to. Just ask the man who was thrown on the bones of Elisha. If there's anything that he can't do, just ask the stone that was rolled at the tomb in the garden what happened when God says move. <laughs> lean into God. You won't go wrong in leaning into God. Find positive, positively focused Christian friends. Oh, you know, we, we can choose the people we spend time with. And when people are not positively focused, sometimes they lead us to discontentment, not contentment. So the question is, what or who are you leaning into? Focus on the good. Uh, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Do, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, my prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What are you? Are you a glass half empty person or a glass half full person? I understand that to, to some folks this is harder than to others. I tend to be a half full person. I tend to, to relate to what one of my, my friends said many years ago I'm up or I'm getting up. Uh, it's a struggle for some, but it's an intentional choice that we can make. That, that when Paul's talking about these things, Paul's not saying ignore the bad, but you also need to spend some time focusing on the good. You know yourself. You, you know what you need to do. Do you need help in focusing on the good? The second question is this, what is good in your life? All of us have things that are good in your life. And the third thing is this, find a way to lift someone up. Um, verse 5 says, let your gentleness be evident to all. And honestly, gentleness is a terrible translation, 
a terrible word. It does not catch the ideal of what this passage is saying. Uh, one translator says, be willing to meet a man halfway. And gentleness does not give this significance. It's, it's fairness. It's, it's when the letter of the law is not enough, you do more. It's equity. William Barclay in his commentary explains it like this. There's two students. One scores an 80. One scores a 50. The one who scored an 80 had every advantage. And the one who scored 50 had every disadvantage. It's the teacher seeing the 50 and their disadvantage and helping them along and elevating their grade because they see the circumstances. Paul is inviting us to stop wallowing in our own circumstances, to, to find someone life has passed by, and to lift. To, to look at someone the letter of the law is not going to help, but we help. It's looking beyond the outward, not to what they may deserve, but to what you can do. In other words, it's looking outside ourselves to others. Serving others helps us move beyond our own circumstances. So the last question is this, who can I help this week? Um, I can be content through God who gives me strength. This is how this passage ends. That This passage is not saying, I can do anything I want through God. This passage is saying, I can be content in any circumstance I find myself in through God who gives me strength. I can choose to be content in my circumstances. You know, these aren't ideal times. There's, there's reasons to complain. But isn't there always reasons to complain? God does not want us to be people of complaint, but people of joy. Let me end with this one thought. I can't control my circumstances, but my circumstances will not control me. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise. Uh, we, you are worthy of praise. You are worthy of our rejoicing. You are worthy of our focus. Help us, Lord, to think on better things, to, to not focus on our circumstances to the extent uh, that, that we, we cannot see you and can't see how you're working. Help us, Lord, not, not to be so consumed with what's going on around us, Lord, that we can't see that you are moving. Lord, help us to lean into you even in these times. Help us, Lord, to find someone we can help, to get outside our own circumstances, Lord, and find ourselves in your mission, even in the midst of difficult days. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. God bless.